church growth is not the end-all goal of, of, uh, of church. I mean, making disciples certainly, certainly is, um, followers of Christ. But the only way that can happen really is for one generation to tell the next generation, so on down the line. And so strategically, if we want to do that, then I think we have to be more intergenerational. It's not a matter. It's not about just strategy. It's not about numbers. Well, welcome to Engaging the Generations again. We're glad to have you with us. That comment from our guest, Wayne Rice, is part of his response to the question we left on the table in our first episode with Wayne. And the question was, is it even possible that we could expect to build an intergenerational culture in the church today? And it really is an important question because in our current culture, it can seem insurmountable. Mm -hmm. I hope you're as eager as I am to hear what Wayne has to say about intergenerational ministry in the local church. So, Wayne, can we really expect to see true intergenerational culture exist in the local church? Yes, I I think so. You know, like I say, I think there's a a biblical mandate that we do, you know, and I don't think that that it's all about what kind of results we get, you know. Um, in other words, uh, church growth is not the end-all goal of of, uh, of church. I mean, making disciples certainly certainly is um, followers of Christ. But the only way that can happen really is for one generation to tell the next generation, so on down the line. And so strategically, if we want to do that, then I think we have to be more intergenerational. It's not a matter. It's not about just strategy. It's not about um, numbers. And um, we had a number of people that started coming to College Avenue because they found out that we were trying to to bring the generations together. I mean, I can I can name them. Um, we had a number of folks that just thought, "Wow, you know, that you're actually doing this is something that that um, this is what I want my kids to to experience. You know, to be accepted by the adults and not yeah. just other kids. I mean, it's it's not a negative thing." But if you have a, you know, we had a, a lot of, especially older adults, seniors, which, which, um, you know, for me, being a senior myself, you know, I, I spent a lot of time with those people trying to help them to understand um, the whole, whole uh, theology of it, as well as, as a philosophy of um, encouraging the next generation. And, uh, but, but they found that it was just really hard to give up the way it's always been done, the way what they're used to. And for them to, to set up a, a set of drums on the stage of our hallowed um, sanctuary and, and College Avenue, where we all take place, had a very beautiful, and it still is, big church building with a giant pipe organ and the whole bit. And, um, and uh, you know, the they give pipe organ concerts in that in that auditorium and uh and so uh you know we didn't pull the the pipe organ out or anything it's just that the idea of desecrating their sacred space just uh, rubbed a lot of people the wrong way um we're still doing this by the way and i'm still at college avenue now uh i i resigned after a time uh to become a full-time caregiver for my wife and work with the Legacy Coalition. But um, but meanwhile, we've stayed there and we've, we've tried to continue um, encouraging some of the programs that we got started. And, you know, they were simple things and, and they're still they're still working where the church is is simply trying to not necessarily 
create a new program. Like there is, there is no intergenerational program at the church. It's just that the children's ministry is much more intentional now about trying to involve older adults, as is the youth ministry is just trying to be a, much more intentional. And, and so we're, we're doing things. Our missions program, we do mission trips. We don't do junior high mission trips or senior high mission trips or college mission trips. We do intergenerational trips. And uh, we've been doing them now. Uh, I started this thing about a dozen years ago at College Ave, and it's grown and grown and grown. People love these things. And we go down and build houses in Mexico. Um, and their kids and their parents and their grandparents and other adults are all serving together, working side by side. And it's created a new kind of culture, a new kind of feel for the church. Most of the older adults who are still at College Avenue are all in and uh, probably get really annoyed, as I do, at some of our worship and everything. I mean, I, I, I just kind of go, what in the world? Where did this come from? You know, and I mean, I, but I think, but, you know, it's, it's, we had our turn. People were saying this about the music that we brought into the church 50 that's, years ago. That's for sure. Folk music came along. It's like, wow. Yeah. I mean, you know, when we were we were singing those, um, you know, seek ye first. Yeah, oh, that's great. Right. Yeah. People were going, ah! <laughs> what is this? These guitars in church. And uh, and it was horrible, you know, for for uh, for them. And, and today... We we do we do get annoyed. I I I, I still don't understand. Um, I used to always dress up for church and all the you know all those things are off the table. Now. Yeah, you know it's a it's a whole different cultural thing it going is. on out there. But I think you know um, we're reaching a lot of a lot of young people this way. Kids are coming in and they feel like it's their church, uh, and it is. It's not it's not my church anymore. I'm now on the on our church board, our board of elders. But um, but I applaud what you know is going on with with our our, our uh, kids and young adults and so on. And then I want them to feel like this is College Avenue is their church. You know, we had our turn, and it's the only way we're going to pass this on to the next generation is to encourage them. And I tried to teach it to some of the older older and the, people. But... And the our church is a capital <laughs> O. It's all of uh, you know. It's it's Christ Church actually. Yeah. All the body. You know, Sarah, you and I have struggled with these kinds of things as well and realized that probably the biggest challenge is like you've discussed here, Wayne, that it's the older people that are more reluctant to kind of make the changes that we need to. And the young young people have some of that reluctance, too. Uh, I mean, we're all guilty of that. But uh, what kinds of what kinds of suggestions would you make to people today who may be somewhere in a local church? like where Sarah and I are, who say, we would really like to see some changes take place where we become more of an intergenerational community that's doing life together, not just in worship, but like you say, missions and everything else. What what advice would you give to people who are wanting to start building towards that kind of objective? Yeah, well, I think uh, the, the vision, um, seeing the big picture uh, is a real important Part of this, um, you know, we we put it right into um, right into the to the mission statement of our church that we're an intergenerational, multicultural, disciple making church. And uh, multicultural because we're in a 
part of our city that's very multicultural. And so we're, we have not only people of different ages in church, but a lot of different uh, ethnicities and, um, and our focus is on making disciples. And so um, the, the only way that can be done is, is from one generation uh, telling it to the next and, and to the next and, and so on. And, and so un- unless you, you understand the vision for intergenerational disciples, uh, the way it works. And, um, you know, Jay Kessler used to always think, talk about kids as being the cut flower generation, you know, that they just kind of, you know, they don't have roots and, and the church is uh, a place where they can get roots. And the roots is in the form of the generations that have gone on before them. They can come alongside them and so on. Um, what can people do? You know, I think uh, uh, next time, you know, when the when the church is making an appeal for uh, volunteers to work in the children's ministry or to work in the youth ministry or uh, uh, or any any area that's a little bit out of your comfort zone, um, uh, you know, we we should step up. And, and be available. And you'd be amazed at, at how God uses that in ways that we can't even believe. And, uh, and how responsive, you know, they, like I say, it was the young people, when we pitched to them that you're going to be worshiping, you're going to be in the same room worshiping with your parents and grandparents. They got pretty excited about it. And, uh, they were, they were, they were all in, you know, it, it was the, the older folks that we, uh, they, they thought they're coming in. Those kids with their, uh, you know, ripped up blue jeans and and uh, sandals and long hair and all, you know, <laughs> uh, they're they're going to be coming into our church and uh, well, uh, yeah, that's that's what we want. Yeah, and we should be applauding them. We'd be cheering them on. We should be uh, smiling, not frowning when they come in, and so on. And I just think uh, trying to create that that sort of culture and doing it just individually. You know, we we. Uh, uh, you know, when you see one of the, the young kids, um, and I'm speaking from an older generation, whenever you're around the kids, see them walking around uh, just to greet them with, a, you know, a hi, a smile, a thumbs up, uh, anything, you know, that just says, I'm so glad to see you. I'm so glad you're here. And um, those little things make a huge difference in helping young people to see the church as a place that that welcomes them and uh, embraces them and that that's and that they are a part of just as much as the older generations who have been there maybe like our church college avenue's been there for over 100 years and so uh you know the young people often kind of get the feeling that that uh, it's it's the older people this is their church and I'm on their you know I'm in their space and we we have to be intentional about helping them see it as their space too i don't know what you're trying to say i'm wearing ripped up jeans and sandals right now (laughs) (laughs) yeah well that's uh you know that's that's normal today and it's it's um uh it wasn't when i was growing and Mm -hmm. and i think that that uh, not that we didn't dress in ridiculous ways when i was uh you know back in the 60s we were also trying to to set ourselves apart a little bit, but but uh, but still, when we went to church, we all dressed up in church, mm-hmm. and that's and that's what a lot of people of my generation remember. And it's it's and it's more than just about style. They see it almost as uh, having to do with attitude 
and having to do with, um, you know, what you believe and everything else. And it doesn't. It's really not about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, you know, that's that's uh, really all I can say. And all we can do is is uh, is be the change that we we want to see happen in our church. Oh, and, I think that that's a good word, uh, Wayne. I, I, you know, what is God calling me? to do to be a part of this change process rather than worrying about what everybody else is going to do over there or not do. Yeah. What, what am I going to do? So um, it really does come down to us individually. Yeah. I don't think every church has to go out and get a pastor, you know, an intergenerational pastor or a pastor to generations. You know, I think um, my role, uh, it kind of played itself out after a while. And I felt like I'd done pretty much what I come to do you know i have a friend who wrote a book uh, about ministry <laughs> the title of which is don't rock the boat capsize it and uh <laughs> and i basically i went in and capsized uh, the church you know we turned a lot of things upside down but you know um a lot of those things uh because they were success not all were successful some were um and they're continuing. Uh, I've mentioned like our intergenerational mission trips, some of those kinds of things. At Christmas time, there used to be at our church probably 40 different Christmas parties that went on, you know, for different age groups and Sunday school classes and all that sort of thing. And they were all borrowing the same decorations from the same supply closet and everything. And so we, and, and, those of us who were doing speaking or music, or we get invited to a whole bunch of things. I thought, why don't we just, let's just put on a big giant all church Christmas party. <laughs> and, uh, and and everybody can just stop doing all these little, little Christmas parties all around. Mm. And, uh, and it caught on, you know, those, those kind of things uh, became a lot of fun as we, uh, we, we stopped doing like a, at wintertime, we'd have like a junior high winter, a high school winter, a college winter. Well, we started doing an all-church winter retreat. And um, see, we can do that in California, a winter retreat. <laughs> well, you know, well, we can we, we do, but we have to walk <laughs> three feet of snow to do it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but we just had a blast, you know, and we and uh, and bringing all you know the families and we'd go to camp together, spend the weekend and play games and have a big talent show and teaching and everything. But everybody all together, and some of those things um, actually uh, caught on and have become part of our church's tradition. And um, uh, and I get to to be a part of that that now. But uh, and we we still have that culture in our church that we want to do things together as much as we can. And I always tell, you know, youth workers, I tell children's workers, I tell, you know, older ministry workers and uh, some of us old, you know, if you can if you can think of a way to do what you're doing intergenerationally, why not? You know, if if uh, if you're going to put on a some kind of a, you know. Memorial service at our church. I'm going to really go on a limb here, but but a lot of the kids never go to memorial service. Why not invite, you know, when you get where some of the older people know some of the younger people, give them a reason to want to come to us. Hear the stories. Hear people talk about somebody's faith and the legacy that they left behind. Um, but intentionally invite students to come to a memorial service. Most Most kids totally ignore them. It's so totally out of their their world of reality, you know. But but kids need to go, not just 
the grandkids, but other students. Yeah, who, yeah, for a lot of different reasons. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and uh, but but people in the church who have been pillars of the church and people who have been great examples. Um, those are the kind of stories that our kids need to to hear. And I and over the years, I mean, I, I know one of the one of the reasons that I am the way I am is because I. I've been to the memorial services or funerals or whatever you want to call them of, of godly people who, who I've thought, you know, I want when my memorial service is held, those kind of stories are told about me. Right. That's right. Yeah. Sarah, you can probably relate to the fact that, that, that would be a challenge to get a lot of students to consider doing something like that. Right. (laughs) Yeah. But I, I, but it's, it's it's just being intentional about it. It's because if you don't, it won't happen. I guarantee that. Yeah. Well, it all goes back to those, you know, intentional relationships, too, and explaining the why to those students and helping them understand the benefit that they can gain. And just really creating the space for those conversations can do so much. Yeah. So those those are a lot of things for us to give some thought about, Wayne. Uh, I mean, really, the. I think, as you mentioned, it's not trying to do a big program kind of mentality. Uh, it's really about thinking of what are this the little practical things we begin doing together. And uh, yeah, and you don't have to do anything new. Yeah, you, you just figure out how do I do the things we're already doing, but more intergenerationally. Sunday mornings we have Sunday classes at our church, and um, so one summer we we called them summer seminars. I decided. What we're going to do is we're going to give all of our Sunday schools a break for six weeks during the summer, and we're going to do Sunday seminars instead during the same time. And they're going to be where they're not by age or anything; they're by subject. So, so they're going to be topics <laughs> that uh, you just choose based on whether you're interested in that topic. Or, for example, uh, we had a guy that worked at SeaWorld who went to our church, who and he was also a great teacher, uh, just did a whole class on God in nature. And, uh, and, and so, it, you know, he had everybody from little kids to old people who, who had went to this studies, this seminar, but it was just doing it a different way. Instead of uh, doing it by age, we'll do it by topic. And so you have both young and old who are, are in the same, same class learning together in something they're, they're interested in. Those kind of things. <laughs> yeah, this is some great stuff for us to ponder. I, and really, I hope our listeners really will take seriously some of these things that you were sharing with us that we just need to be creative in our thinking. It's not creating new stuff. It's just saying, what can we do where we're at and begin doing it together? So with that, we just want to say thanks, uh, Wayne, for sharing your heart and vision of this. And hopefully others will catch this vision and start saying, what can I do in my church to help make this happen? Yeah, yeah. Sarah, you haven't uh, said a whole lot, but does this all resonate with you? I mean, you're you're uh, you're part of, what is, what is it, Generation Z, a millennial, or what? You know, I'm, I'm a millennial. Sure. <laughs> yep, but, I'm uh, a millennial. Yeah, I tried to make her part of Gen Z, but she's actually millennial. <laughs> yeah, we tried, we tried. But, I'm uh, on the edge. But, you know, um, I... Uh, uh, like I say, I, at least my experience has been that younger people are often more more open to this idea of being an intergenerational church mm-hmm. than some of the older people are. Does that resonate with you? Yeah, I think so. I think we've, Kevin and I have had a lot of conversations about this. And 
I think like one of the biggest things is once people know um, that others are interested, like once, once my generation knows older generations are interested in actually having these relationships, um, vice versa, I think so many more people are interested and passionate about it than we realize. Um, it's just so easy to get stuck in your day-to-day life with your people who are in your your stage of life, you know, and people that you can relate to and um, go through life with. But the value of learning from other generations and even just like being in relationship with and understanding each other can bring a whole new meaning to the things that we're doing um, and purpose to it too, realizing that there's generations that have done it before us and um, that we are the same, you know, that we are all just people who are after God's heart and um, that that hasn't, the, the things we experience, I would say are different now raising, you know, kids in, let's say public school is way different now than it was probably 30, 40 years ago. Um, but the idea of um, the principles that we struggle with. And I think that the, the relational aspects of things we struggle with are all still the same. Um, so I think, yeah, I'm personally very passionate about it and excited to, to be a millennial getting to represent and speak into this. Um, but yeah, I really think people just need to be more aware and, uh, willing to have the conversation would change so much. Yeah. We need to find ways to get our generation, Wayne, more (laughs) interested, like, Sarah's generation is. (laughs) I wouldn't say my whole generation is interested in it, but even just like when I have conversations with my friends, they're like, oh, and then they get excited about it. You know, it's just starting the conversations is just all it really takes right now. Yeah. So like two of the students that Sarah works with mentioned to us a a few weeks ago when we had a meeting about this subject matter, They, they said, well, why can't we be included in the community groups that all the adults are doing? Why, why are we excluded from that? You know, so it's things like that, that we need to be aware of the little, the younger generations really do want to be a part of life of the whole family. And we forget that. Uh, it's just us, we older generations, sometimes we're content to just kind of be in our own little world. Yeah. And, in, in, you know, and again, just, just in, uh, in simple ways, you know, if you just think outside the box a little bit, for example, at our church, one of the, th- we have a men's ministry. Well, we didn't get rid of the men's ministry. Uh, all we did was make it bigger. You know, we said, okay, from now on, men are 12 and up. There Boys you go. 12 and up. Amen. And, just had and, that conversation uh, with a guy this morning. <laughs> yeah. And so, so from, for the last 10 years or so, our, our, we still do, um, a men's ministry thing where we, you know, we barbecue steaks, you know, have meat, you know, it's a manly, <laughs> a man, manly kind of deal. But the whole emphasis has switched from rather than having, you know, the football player, motivational speaker who comes in and does a, a, a rah-rah thing. It's all about men mm-hmm. and it's about older men, um, uh, uh, you know, being a positive influence in the younger men and, uh, and, and, and we we uh, elevate our students who are young men, the, the 12 plus, 12, 13. As these kids are growing into manhood, they need to be around men. One of the reasons we have 35-year-old teenagers running around out there is because they're not getting the mentoring that they need. And so this is a very simple fix in the church. Um, it, like you say, Kevin, if some of those adult groups would just start inviting some of the young people to be a part of them, mm-hmm. then they're going to be around some of these older people. They're going to learn what adulthood is like. They're going to learn 
what it means how to be an adult follower of Christ. Yeah. And uh, this is this is not rocket science. No, it isn't. So, Wayne, if somebody yeah. wanted to talk to you more about this and ask you some questions, how could they get in touch with you? Well, you know, I do email. I'm not real, you know, I, I don't do a lot of other uh, social media stuff and everything, but just Wayne at WayneRice.com. That's easy. I have, I have a vanity email address. <laughs> <laughs> vanity. And, uh, I do too. I have the same kind of address. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just Wayne at WayneRice.com and, uh, and I, I'll respond. Good. I always awesome. love talking about this kind of stuff, as you can tell. <laughs> um, it's it's something that's, uh, I think is needs to be talked about a lot more I and agree. done. Yeah, not just talked about. And done. Put into practice. Practice. Yeah. There you go. I agree. Well, thank you, Wayne. We're so blessed uh, to have had you on, on the show. And uh, I mean, we're we're about engaging the generation. So we have a <laughs> conversation here on that. Thank Good you. work, Kevin. Love you, man. And you God too. Bless. Wow, Sarah, that was a great conversation. And I, I like Wayne reminding us it's not simply about talking about this issue, but taking some courageous steps to do something about it. Yeah, that's so true. Um, what impressed me is his comment that it's not about trying to do something new all the time, but looking at what we're already doing and finding ways to do it intergenerationally, which really, for me, makes it feel a lot more doable and a lot more fun. Yeah, well, that's a good point, and hopefully it would be. So if you're listening to this podcast and want to learn more about how to begin doing something in your church family, make sure you reach out to Wayne at wayne at wainrice.com and let him know how much you appreciated his thoughts and questions, any questions you may have. We'd also like to get your comments and feedback about today's podcast, so go to podcast at elderquestmen.com. So thank you for joining us today. And I hope you'll join us for more conversations like this, where we explore ways that we can fulfill God's design for us to do life together as the body of Christ, all generations working to build one another up in Christ. Until Mm -hmm. next time, I'm Kevin Harper. And I'm Sarah Greenstreet, inviting you to join for more episodes of Engaging the Generations as we discuss ways to intentionally and faithfully commend the mighty works of God and His truth to another generation. God bless. bless.